Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new podcast, Brothers in Arms, where we take a look at a video game about every week. And this week, we are looking at Faster Than Light, or FTL, which was made by Subset Games in September 14, 2012. So this game is pretty old. It's been kicking around for a while. I'm sure if you guys are fans of roguelites, you've definitely played this. Yeah, this one's this one's been around. And if you're like, why are you guys reviewing a game that's 10 years old? Uh, you'll see. That will become apparent as we go. Um, uh, we still think that it uh, it can hold a lot of water today. So that's why we're I going mean, ahead and giving it a look. Spoilers. This isn't necessarily a review, but spoilers. This game slaps. This game is really good. I've right. had, I had so much fun playing this game. Yeah. I mean, I, I also think that this game is awesome and i would highly recommend this to almost anyone is the thing about it um and yeah definitely spoilers like like bo said this isn't necessarily fully a review more more or less like a uh, like a what would you call it a game like, club type thing where yeah like kind of like a discussion but I, I, I think like this episode's gonna be a little weird, I think, compared to other games, because you can't really like do like a structure. Like this is exactly what happens as like a roguelite, which are people for unaware, have random elements to each run. Sure. So we're kinda gonna go over like the basics, like what you kinda need to know if you're playing this game for your first time. And then hopefully after you listen to this, you feel confident enough to get your first win. Yeah. Yeah, so this is gonna be a long episode. So yeah, strap, strap in. in. Um, we also too, so just so everybody knows, we've mentioned this before, but this, uh, uh, we'll try to have this stuff all separated out pretty well. So if you're, if you come to our podcast just for the audiobooks and you want to skip this one, we completely understand and we still appreciate your listens. But, uh, yeah, if you are like, Hey, I like audiobooks and video games too. Well, hopefully this will be, you know, right up your alley as well. So, Yeah. Um, please feel free to let us know what you guys think about that. Feel free to email us, kotpl.pod at gmail.com, and let us know your thoughts. Maybe suggest some games you might want us to take a look at or, you know, anything. Uh, I will give the caveat. I'm saying this right now. No JRPGs. None. <laughs> None. Oh, man. Don't come to me with your fucking Tales of Vesperia and shit. I'm not, I'm not down for it. I don't have 120 hours. I don't. That's true. Yeah, I mean, again, feel free to kick us any suggestions, and we will. Uh, Other than JRPGs, if if, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you want to do it to be funny at this point, I would still laugh. Tales of Vesperia. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I really think you guys should take a look at the one game you said not to take a look. Yeah, at. <laughs> well, I know you said absolutely not this, but have you considered this? <laughs> um. So yeah, what are you, uh, how do you want to open this one up? We'll bring it back to talk a little bit about FTL because I feel like it's kind of rise in popularity is, it was kind of indicative of this Kickstarter era. This was one of the really first like Kickstarter successes. And Subset Games consists of two guys that do all the programming, which is really, really impressive to me. We got one guy on music. They, they left, they worked at 2K in China. I want to say they were in Singapore. And they thought like, oh man, I hate working on all of these sports games. I want to try and make like a, a game of our own. So they formed their own company. 
and there there is a nice design works on youtube that you can watch where they talk a lot more about the development which i found super interesting but they kind of like develop if you, uh, this... i'll try to link that to below the in the show notes there oh okay that sounds like a good idea yeah it's like 30 minutes long and they they talk about the design but like they kind of came about this idea like on accident they were just trying to make like a space simulation but like kind of the as as people who've probably played into the breach know like subsets development is like they kind of cut away all the excess fat that you don't need with a game and so like ftl is very very pared down very simple space game but i think i think that it's it's very deceiving to think that it like if you go in thinking this game is simple i think you're definitely wrong there's a lot that you need to be thinking about and there's a there's a lot to a successful run and to each each successful encounter there's a lot that you need to kind of go right and there's a lot of things that are going to go wrong no matter what and that's kind of one of the things i like about this game is that you can mitigate the risks but you can never fully nullify them yeah and uh my experience playing was i had a lot more things i felt like went wrong <laughs> um i mean i'll say it right up front i'm nowhere nearly as good at this game as Bo is and I didn't put in quite as much time as he did. I put in my time. I think I still had almost 40 hours in. So I did put in my time, but I definitely did not uh, complete the game nearly as much as he did. And I probably didn't do as many runs either. That's totally okay. I really, really like this game and I had to unlock every ship, which takes forever. <laughs> and I had I I brute forced the freaking the, the unlocking the crystal ship, which is you had to win with every every single ship A and B types. So that took a while. Yeah, which if you're like, what the hell does that mean? We'll talk we'll get, about we'll, it. We'll get into it a little bit more, but for the people who know, are like, what? It's crazy. Yeah, just, I was gonna say, just though, yeah, to give you a heads up, yeah, he uh, he put in a lot of effort into that, so. Um, and for anybody who's curious right now, if you wanted to purchase this game, on it is available on Steam. And oh, it is... yes, that's something I forgot to mention entirely was like where you can get this game. You can pretty much get it anywhere. Like Ryan said, it's available on Steam. I think you can get it through the Microsoft Store as well. I think it's also available on uh, GOG, Good Old Games. And it might even be available on the Epic Store, but don't quote me on that one because I've never actually looked at the Epic Store. If you have an iPad, you can get this on your iPad. I think you can play it nice. on your iPhone. It's a it just it, it came out on Switch too. It's also available on Switch. Really? Wow. Yeah, it's it's available on pretty much anything you can think of. I don't I don't know how this game works with like a controller. Yeah. Because I I, I do everything with my with clicking. Sure. So I don't I, know. I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd be, be interested to know how that works. Um, on Steam, you could get this for it. Probably runs about ten bucks on most platforms, I imagine. And um, you can get it on sale sometimes for like seventy nine cents. I was gonna say, yeah, that's it goes on sale a lot. Um, if you bought it for ten dollars, though, you wouldn't be doing yourself a disservice. And um, correct me if I'm wrong, but that comes with the enhanced edition content for free. Um, I yeah, I think that um, all of that stuff is bundled in right now. Like, I don't think you have a choice even to not get the extra content because I don't see it on here as a separate thing. The only thing that's separate is the soundtrack and you can buy the soundtrack for $4. Yeah, which let's camp out on the soundtrack for a minute. Oh my God, is it so good? Yeah. Holy cow. Good. 
every sector is just like bopping dude like they are all so good there are like this is one of the few games where i take my podcast that's in my ears out and just listen to the game itself yeah because it's so good all the tactile sounds between like the lasers hitting your ships or your shields coming back online are so good yeah this game has uh it looks super simple on the surface like if you were to just look at screenshots of it you'd be like what are these guys even talking about i could master this game in an afternoon good luck yeah this it it's uh it's much deeper than it looks on the surface that's for sure yeah it is a very simple game and really your amount of control is super limited right which which one thing i think is super important about this game is that it's real time but you are able to pause at any moment to kind of collect your thoughts and this has gotten so ingrained in me that i, I like play starcraft i'm like oh I'll just hit space and pause and think for a second but you can't <laughs> right like it, it it feels so natural don't you think to just be like oh pause okay i got a fire going in the med bay uh they they, they hit my weapons my weapons are down like what do i what should i be doing yeah yeah it definitely um it can be really hectic but yeah you can definitely pause take a breather collect your thoughts and then try to move forward with the best course of action which is really cool yeah and and this game is kind of a lot of the time it's like making the best of a bad situation and just trying to limp that run along until the final battle which which we'll get into a little bit more but now i want to talk about like the individual systems that each ship has and like their role in a run. Does that sound good? Yeah, sounds good to me. So the first one I have down is shields, which almost all the ships come with shields except for the stealth variants, but we'll get into that a little bit more later. And so what shields do is they they block one incoming projectile other than missiles. So, I mean, shields are, shields are pretty important. And I, I feel like shields are kind of like the main governing barrier between like what tier of ship that you're in because like at, 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 when you when you get to that next shield level like when you go from one to two there are a lot of ships that no longer be able to hurt you it, right. it makes a huge deal like each each of those ship increments and sh- shields are special which we should mention the way that that like your ship is powered is you have like a power bank that you were able to allot this power into systems and shields are special because each tier of shields takes two power so each each upgrade you have to upgrade twice to get that next level of shields did we uh just real quick did we mention like kind of what what the point of this game is like no we didn't at all okay so just just to take a step back real quick the the idea in this game is that you are running your own spaceship with a crew of different aliens okay which we'll get into that stuff as well aliens or humans and the idea is that you are part of a rebel fleet right and no 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 you're part of the federation or i'm sorry you're fighting yeah that's that's the interesting part and that's why i always get it confused because normally the the federation is not the underdog yeah (laughs) um you're part of, yeah, you're right. You're part of the Federation. And the idea is that these rebels are taking over this kind of galaxy that you're in. And your goal is to reach the end of this sort of stretch of different zones and defeat the rebels flagship at the end of your run, essentially. Well, what you're doing is you're carrying plans that show like if the rebel flagship is killed, they they are able to they are able to hack the drones that they have to turn them against the rebels. Right. Like that's those are the plans that you are carrying. 
Yeah. So I don't know how you came across these plans, but you got them. Yeah. And the uh, so when we're talking about like the shields and the weapons and things, that's what you're doing during this is um, there's a lot of kind of storytelling elements to each area you go to. And then there's also obviously encounters you're going to have with other ships that are equipped similarly to you that are going to fight with you in like, like you said, in this semi turn-based real time strategy esque fight. And so that's what we mean when we say that you have your shields and your weapons and those things, that's what you're doing through this game is having these small encounters and trying to defeat these other ships along your way to finding this rebel flagship at the end. And we could even talk more about combat now. So combat as it goes, as systems take damage, whether whether it's on your ship or their ship, their ship follow this follows the same rules as yours, which is one thing I really, really like. Yeah. But like I agree. as your as like we were talking about shields, as your shields take damage directly, so if your shields didn't block it and your your hull actually takes damage, the shields become unpowered and you're unable to put power back into that system until they are repaired by either your crew or drone. Right, and your ship is broken down into rooms or zones and all separated by little, like, doors, which can also be upgraded later. Um, you know, you can have fires start on your ship, you can have breaches in your hull, which will, you know, since you're in space, that allows there to be no oxygen within the room. Um, like we said, on the surface, it looks super simple you know you'd look at these screenshots of these ships and stuff and you'd be like this doesn't look very difficult at all but super like maybe not um what am i looking for like it's not a wide game but a very deep game yeah that's a good that's a very good way to put it i, I feel like it's deceptively simple and this, if you read the tutorial in this game it's like embarrassingly simple really no i haven't it, do you, have you looked at it? it's just one screenshot and it, it talks oh, about like okay yeah I have, did you, have you seen that yeah and it, it like talks about the power and it talks about like how to how to use your weapons and that and how to move your crew and that's it it doesn't actually talk about like opening doors upgrading systems any of that which is really interesting to me the game which like, i appreciate yeah, fucking, fucking figure it out yeah i was yeah which i appreciate i mean i think that there's i don't think there's enough of that these days um we were just talking about a different game where I was playing and I'm still in the tutorial almost an hour into the game, um, which can be fine, but in some instances it's not. Sometimes I just want to hit the ground and let me figure it out. You know what I mean? Right. And I feel like games are unique in the way that they can teach you by, by you having to try again and iterate on your own. Like, oh, well, that didn't work. What should I try this time? Right. And I think another good way like this game teaches you is that um, because all of the enemies to a certain extent follow the same rule set as you, you can learn from what they are doing as well. Exactly true. You're like, yeah, exactly. And yeah, I mean, you already got me on to talk about the enemies, but there's there's a lot of stuff that happens on the back end that's kind of interesting too well, that's well, fine. you we'll, can, you can we'll jump back in. into systems yeah since we were talking about systems so shields you think we kind of got it they block stuff you got to upgrade them they don't block missiles and they prevent you from taking damage from beams yeah beams cannot go through them at all right unless it deals like a, a high amount of damage the halberd beam take. and the glaive beam can go through but that's, that's it. right yeah um 
Yeah, they'll block like small some, lasers. There are some special case weapons that pierce shields, but we'll get into that when we actually start talking about the individual ship. Right. Um, so next, which I've this the game does not do a very good job of explaining this, but I would say this is also a, probably on par with engine with shields is your engines. So your engines for and and we forgot to mention too with shields if your shields are manned by somebody so you actually have somebody at the shields and we should talk about too that when your crew complete a task they accrue xp in that task so with shields it's every time that a, a new shield barrier comes up they get a they get one xp in shields and as they keep progressing in that shields category they improve the rate at which the shields come back i think it starts at base 10 with with man and it goes 15 level 1, 20 level 2. So your shields will come back 20% faster if they are manned with somebody at level 2 shield. Right, yeah, and there's there are several different subsystems in the ship that have that capability to have a crew member manning them and make them better, essentially. So leading that into engines, so what engines do is they give you a percentage chance to dodge the next attack. And it, it, I, I feel like it doesn't kind of signify this very well. You just get the percentage sign by your engine. You're like, okay, what, what the fuck does that mean? Right. Which, what one nice thing about this game is you can mouse over anything, and it'll tell you exactly what that does. Yeah, which, you can which mouse I... You look, I'm like, oh, 25%? Oh, I have 25% chance these next attacks to miss me entirely. Yeah, which I really appreciate. That's... I don't want to have to, like... Okay, what does that mean? Pause. Let me go into the game's encyclopedia. Find the thing I'm looking for. Okay, here it is, a paragraph. No, no, no. Having it all right there on screen in real time, in-game, perfect. <laughs> and I, I feel like me personally, when I first started playing the game, I really, really underrated engines. But they are super, super important to any run because you're always going to run into these freaking ships that have missiles. And there's nothing you can do about missiles other than try and dodge them. Unless you have drones, which we'll get we'll get into drones a little bit more, but drones are kind of an expensive prospect to just be using on a casual basis. Right. So like having high engines, but and engines are interesting too, because they're one of the few systems that have a soft cap. So once you get to five, they have a 25% base engine dodge, which is then at you you add to if you're if your engines and your piloting are manned. So those, those two things matter towards your total dodge chance. And if you have no pilot, you have no dodge chance because nobody's driving the thing, right? Unless you upgrade it to have like yeah. the AI. I, I almost always do that because some sometimes you just get like, you take that one errant shot to your freaking cockpit and oh, all my dodge is gone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, and so, your, so those two things. Oh, go to, ahead. I was just going to say to move on from each little sector, you your engines have to be functioning your engines and your piloting have to be functioning to even be yeah, able to true. move on from I'm each sector right and there and to power up your faster than light drive which is what allows you to jump from point to point it does have a time associated with it and that is determined by how powerful your engines are right and that can be used mid-combat if you're like i can't beat this guy yeah, you gotta bail me. dude you're like yeah like yeah. My, my weapons are on fire all of my crew is dead except for one guy i gotta get out of here right and each Which jump it's go ahead oh i was just gonna say each jump also has a fuel associated with it you have you do have fuel 
Yes, which, which totally can bone you. Yeah, which you can run out. And they. I run out like every run. I'm glad they changed it because I'm pretty sure when I started playing this game uh, a long time ago, uh, you would run out and you basically just lose your run. Whereas now. Oh, if you, so the waiting is new. Yeah, the waiting for somebody to come to you, I'm pretty sure it was an update because you would just lose if you didn't have enough fuel. It, we should mention too that as you're progressing across these sectors, you're always going left to right. It, and it tells you where the final sector you need to get to to leave is. As right. you're going left to right, the, rab the rebel, the rebel uh, are pursuing Leap. you. Yeah. And, and so they are like there are sections of the map that are getting marked in red that if you go to those you will automatically fight like a rebel ship and they are oh they're always they're always one tier above the sector that you're in so that like if you're fighting level two shields people they'll have level they'll have three shields so they're, they al often... they're always really really hard and they're it's super disadvantageous to fight them and the only thing you get for beating them is one fuel yeah and they also oftentimes will be covered by like other oh yeah the fucking the anti-ship batteries yeah the anti-ship batteries so it's Which, almost dude, just impossible to win up. yeah so yeah don't get caught with that shit and uh, it's it's definitely important to to look before you go and like make sure that you can go the ways that you think you can go because i've definitely gone down like a side path before i'm like oh i can't make it back across i have to go back where i came from to even get to the one point that would allow me to jump out right and each each little zone you would jump to will you can turn this on and off and i suggest you leave it on but it will show you, can you turn it off yeah it'll show you the next zones you will be able to jump to so you can kind of map out your path before you even start into the sector which is nice yeah and that's i feel like that's kind of important and underrated is like planning a chart path and you, you really want to be hitting as many sectors as you can right because each time you go to one it's it's like a dice roll of what's going to happen to you. Yeah, you almost, and this was where I really screwed up a lot of my runs, is because as soon as the Rebel fleet shows up, you kind of get this sense of urgency, right? Because they're going to start taking over certain points that you can't return to. But the idea almost is to stay about one jump ahead of them, because you want to go to as many points as you can to collect either as much scrap as you can or whether you get crew members or you get weapons or anything else it's the economy in the game is based on essentially how long you can stay in a sector mm -hmm. and we we should mention too every sector has at least one store it's it's totally random what the stores have but like these these stores are which kind of can what? absolutely fuck you i've found <laughs> totally can but as long as you're able to hit most of the stores, you'll usually be able to get what you need by the very end. Sure. Usually, not always. Sometimes, if you're good, sometimes I'm you not that good. So a, fucking, a donkey run that you just have to kind of fucking make it work. Yeah, but I found the, that hitting, hitting the stores are super important. You can repair your hull. You can almost always buy fuel, rockets, and drone parts if you need them. Usually, unless you have no scrap, I suggest almost always hitting up the store. So, so at least you know what they have for sale, too. Because like right. if they have some good weapons that you know you want, and then you can go to like a couple more jumps and come back, that's usually pretty good. Yeah. Which will lead us into our next system I think we should talk about, which is weapons. The, basically the only way to deal damage. That's not necessarily true. But we can we can talk about that a little bit more when we talk about three. We can talk about board 
so weapons come in a lot of different varieties we already mentioned beams so beams which i love the beams just because it's fun to draw them and make sure you hit as many rooms as you can so a beam it's blocked by shields, we've already said that. So if they have no shields up, you can fire your beams. The beams, once they are fully charged, they'll fire pretty much instantly. That first that first point of damage will go as soon as you let go of space. So as long as they have no shields up and you know that, and you let your beam fly, it's gonna hit. But you draw like a line, and depending on the type of beam there, they're either longer or shorter, and you draw a line, and each room that you are hitting is that's the room that you are dealing damage to. And it's very clear, it'll light them up in yellow. It makes it very easy to use. Yeah, it's very high contrast, which I appreciate. Yeah, and another another weapon type that you can get, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's not like a big weapon type, but they're super good, are flak. So flak are really good at chunking shields. They say they only shoot three projectiles, but on doing testing, that's not true. What, what that means is, at maximum, they can deal three damage to a hull. But they could take, a, even a regular flak can take four layers of shield on its own. Yeah, which, in the long run, is super useful. Yeah, flak are very, very good, especially flak one. Flak one is one of the best weapons in the game. It has one of the lowest charge times. It's super, super useful. We should mention Lasers. too... <clears throat> oh, go ahead. I just want to mention this too. So when you are firing these weapons, like you said, with the beams, you, uh, you're drawing these lines or with like flak, you're picking an individual room. Same with lasers. You're picking an individual room to fire well, at. So flak actually gives you a big circle of where it's going to land of where it, yeah, where it has the, because flak's more like a shotgun, but lasers, you're trying to pick like an individual room. So you can pick an individual system on your enemy's ship to try to take out right? Yeah, if you want. That. Um, we should also mention, too, that each weapon has <clears throat> a kind of firing time that it you can see it charging up. And then if you're a noob like me, you leave auto fire on <laughs> and they'll automatically fire at whatever you yeah, have targeted that'll get at. You in a lot of trouble. Yeah, which is why, like I said, I'm not very good at this game and I didn't take the time that it is almost required to learn how to wait till your weapon's charged, pause the game, then choose what to do with it. I just usually would leave my stuff on auto. And, and there, are, there are even more nuances than that because like coming into our next topic with lasers compared to flak, lasers fire a lot, they move, they travel faster than flak does. You fire flak and it takes a minute for it to land. Right. But lasers will, la like if you fire flak and lasers at the same time, the lasers are always gonna hit before the flak does. Yeah. So not necessarily, like, if, if if you're using flak, you really want to be hitting flak on the shields first, because that's where it's going to be doing the most. So, like, you, you layer the flak and then fire up the lasers. You don't want to, like, layer them perfectly on top of each other. And like Ryan already said, lasers, you can select the, the, the room that you want, and there are tons and tons of types of lasers. There are the regular lasers, the heavy lasers, the burst lasers, the charge lasers. Uh, there's, there's, there's like a so whole, many different kinds. hull damaging layers which deal more damage if the room is unoccupied by a system. Oh yeah, which those ones are really hard to use. Yeah. I feel like it's an interesting value proposition to be like, okay, I can deal double damage, but I'm not damaging a system. Yeah, you're not taking a system down or damaging crew members usually. Um, <clears throat> and like we said, so this game is incredibly deep. We are probably just going to skim the surface on a lot of this. Otherwise, we'll probably be here for about six hours. Um, but uh, I got my P jug ready to go. Let's, let's if, 
got my already got my catheter in, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'll take um, it out right now. <laughs> um, yeah. So if if not even if there's going to be stuff we miss, so just uh, yeah, you can leave we, your angry comments, but we already know yeah. that we're gonna miss stuff. Yeah, yeah. You could definitely yell at us. I don't care. <laughs> uh, okay. So that's so lasers. Anything? Anything we missed? Anything you want to mention? Um, no, I think that. <clears throat> For me, lasers were always like a staple for a run. Like they, they are. I feel like you always kind of want lasers, at least a couple. Yeah, and most ships start usually with a laser. That's not always true. Um, but even like the That's most true, even the most basic laser you start with in the beginning of the game on oh, some dude, of the, the ships. The burst laser Mark II, like what the Kestrel starts with, is one of the best weapons in the game. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. It's something that can carry you through like all the way to the end of the game if you want it to. Um, and and uh, weapons are kind of interesting. Sorry, I've, I I know you were probably going to talk about something else here, but we weapons are kind of interesting because I like in my head, I kind of have like a tier list, but that I feel like there are no weapons that are entirely useless other than the fucking heal bomb. But other than that, most weapons have like a situational use and if you're playing around them and kind of know their limitations you can make pretty much anything work and i think that that lends to good game design for this game because it wouldn't really be fair for there to be like a weapon that's essentially useless in a game where the weapons are random you know what I mean? Yeah. That would be very unfair if like you every store you showed up to, it was like, oh great, there's two copies of this weapon that are useless. So and it's you know widely known it's useless. This game does a very good job of being like, this might not be great, but situationally, if you do it right, you can make it work. Yeah, and I, I really appreciate that too. I feel like that that's what lends to like how good the replay replayability is for this game. Sure. It's like, sure, there's like an optimal run that you're always shooting for. But sometimes you fucking go into the final boss with like three heavy lasers and a burst laser Mark II, and you got to make that shift work. Yeah, and that's if you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> if you make it to the final boss. Um, we should also mention, too, real quick, that um, the different ship layouts have a different number of weapons that some of them can equip. Right, and the only difference is three or four. Yeah, so, and I've definitely had that become a problem for me because I was like, oh man, I found this freaking sweet, you know, I got all these sweet weapons, but I only have three slots. So it does, right. it does make it challenging sometimes. But the, the total weapon power that you have is the same. Correct, yeah. The difference is though that I can't, on some ships, you can't get away with having one Vulcan cannon laser and, you know, two missiles because you don't have enough freaking resources right <laughs> and so i've well this will go up to the next weapon type that we've, we've already talked about a little bit which are missiles which deal direct damage they don't have to go through shields but the downside of missiles is that you actually have to have missiles that you shoot they're not a free resource they cost something every time you fire one it, yeah you have a finite amount of actual missiles you can fire so and those can be, usually they are found at the end of encounters if you destroy ships, or they can be randomly found during events or bought from stores oftentimes, but it is something you can run out of. Yeah, and I always end runs because missiles just, that, that prospect of being like, well, I can't use my weapons, it's so scary to me. 
that right. I often end runs with like 40 missiles just freaking banked up just in case. Then I and I don't even have a missile launcher. Yeah, and that happens to me oftentimes too. Um, and I think that lends to me not being very good at the game because ideally you would use those because they have you know because they pierce through shields and go deal straight damage to systems or crew members or what have you um, can be a very good strategy to use for sure and so the next category which is like the opposite of missiles or at least that's how i think about them is ions which only deal like damage to the system itself without damaging the ship so if they hit the shields they put the shield on cooldown but if, if they hit the hole it, it would just put that it would take power away from the system so if you hit if you hit their weapons with like a two damage ion it's going to take two power out of that system right for which an, a, an allotted time yeah so it essentially puts a pause on that system for the enemy or vice versa they can do it to you also yeah Ions are some of my favorite, actually. They are very, very, very good. They're really good at taking down shields. And the thing that's nice about ions is that they they stack on themselves. So mm -hmm. if you if you hit the shield and then hit it again, it resets the whole restart timer. So you can you can work through like four layers of shields with just one ion sometimes. Yeah, and I mostly liked ions because uh, even like a low level ion that only requires one or two power can pretty much ride with you to the end of the game. Yeah, they're super, super useful. Yeah. And they we, we forgot to mention when we talked about like each each weapon has like a like a bonus effect that they can deal sometimes. Flak doesn't have one, but for lasers, they they'll set the rooms on fire if they're hitting if they're hitting the hole. So they have a small chance to set the room on fire. Missiles have a, like a variety of things they can do. Most of them are breach, so they'll cause like a breach in the room that has to be repaired before they can fix on the system itself. And ions can stun people that are in the room. So if people are working on a system, they can get stunned, and it essentially restarts them. Right. Did I miss any? Um, I don't think so. I think you got. I think you hit the highlights. <laughs> um. The next category, which I have very little experience with, is bombs. So bombs are kind of like missiles. They they teleport onto the enemy ship through the, through the layer of shields, but they don't deal direct damage. They only deal damage to the system itself. So you can you could teleport a bomb in and like wreck their shields, but you haven't actually hurt the ship. And they take a missile. They use yeah. They use your missile resource. They also one of the big differences between missiles and bombs that I understand is that the bombs can't be shot down by drones. They they can't, but they can miss. Yeah, they'll still they miss. Whip which it, it looks very strange because sometimes it does. It'll, it, yeah, it'll like appear. Yeah, it'll appear just outside the ship and still explode, and it'll just say miss above it. So. Um, yeah, I didn't really use bombs a whole lot. Um, I did like sometimes if I did a run where I got like a fire bomb that all it does is yeah. start fires in a room, which sometimes can be just game changing because if you're just starting fires, their crew members have to put the fires out and unless they are the rock type guys, they get hurt while they're trying to put the fires out. So, and can... they, we didn't mention this, but I, I feel like we should you can most of the time there, there are a couple ships that are exceptions that don't have anyone but most of the time you can vent to space to remove all the oxygen in a room and put out the fire that way 
Right. But if you, you don't have, have crew members, fight it. If you have crew members yeah. who have to breathe oxygen, it will also yeah, die. kill them. <laughs> it's very true. That, that is 100% true. So, but a, a lot of the time, fires are very devastating to enemy ships because they don't have airlocks and they won't, they won't, they can't vent to space. I, so they have to actually manually put them out every time. Yeah, and as like the longer a fire sits in a room with a system, it damages the system to the point where it can completely take it offline. Like shields, it can completely damage their shields to the point where they're unusable. And fires until they repair it. Red. Yeah. And it's based on, like, the chance which, between whether they'll jump rooms is based on your doors level. Yeah, which we will get into, because that's part of the subsystems of the ship. Okay, weapons. Do you think anything else we need to mention? No, I think uh, I think that pretty much covers it. Again, we know we miss stuff. Just uh, go easy yeah. on us. Some <laughs> guys like, you didn't even talk about the Burst Blazer Mark Three. Yeah. Sorry, I know favorite. it exists. That's why you gotta email us and I'll talk to you. Yeah. My favorite's still the Vulcan, though. Even though it's it's probably the dog Vulcan, shit, I love dude, it. <laughs> it's not dog shit. It's just like any weapons that have four power, especially like the Vulcan, where if it goes offline, it loses all that bonus it gets. So yeah. anybody who doesn't know, the Vulcan, <laughs> as it shoots, it spins up faster. It's like a minigun. So it's like pew, pew, right. pew, 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 <laughs> ends up shooting really fast. But All I know is I've had thing runs about those... where I have a few of them, and it's so fun. You've as had long more as... than one? Yeah, I had one ship where I had just two of those. It's all I had. But the problem is, like you said, if they get a missile and they hit your weapon system, guaranteed one of them's going offline. That's, like, my my approach to weapons is usually, like, a full, like, gunship. I usually, if I have four categories, I want all four of those categories full. And, and then that's I, the and way then... to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, and then, like as far as it goes on the hot bar, because it'll power them down from left to right. So the weapons that are all the way on the left will get powered down first, and right. it'll go that way. So usually, I put my most valuable things on the left side. So if I'm running, I feel like there are there are two ways I think about weapons. You're either trying to just gun down their shields through pure pure force. So if you got a lot of flax, a lot of lasers, or you're trying to get their their shields down and follow it up with a big beam. So usually I'll put the beam all the way on the left side because the beam does not do in shit if my other weapons if 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 my other weapons aren't landing I might as well not even try to use the beam so that's why I would want it to go off first but to power down immediately because it's 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 the follow up instead of like the main the main thing and I, so that's how I do it is I I layer them like of importance from like left to right so like things that need to land are on the left side and then things that are a little more extraneous are on the right side okay. makes sense to me so uh, yeah next we'll talk talk about another subsystem that's pretty extensive there are lots of things that you can get but i've found very little success with is drones yeah and drones um not all ships start with drones you do have very to... few i think only the engine engines start with drones and i think one of the stealth ships does too right so the drone system if your ship does not start with it you will have to find it either at a store through an event something like that on your run if you do want to use any type of drones which drones are also a finite resource they take each time you deploy a drone, it will use up this resource of drone parts. Yeah, and drones can do a variety of things. There are offensive drones, which are essentially like laser beams that fly around. 
So you have like you have like a laser drone that basically shoots like your laser would. It goes against their shield, but it shoots automatically. And the thing I don't like about drones is you can't control them. So like what they're doing a lot of the time might not be very useful. Yeah, they're very sporadic, and the little drone will appear over the enemy ship if it's one that attacks the enemy ship, and you'll see it. It just, like, floats around, takes little pot shots here and there at random points on the ship. Um, can be very useful, but they can also accidentally fly in front of the enemy's lasers by that shoots, and it'll take the drone out just Which can randomly. Be- useful i've definitely won the flagship using a drone before and it's blocking the missiles as they come oh sure and those missiles don't actually land but i don't know if you knew this but your projectiles can collide mid-air like I... your lasers can hit their lasers and they both stop i did not know that <laughs> that's crazy yeah all that stuff is actually being simulated which is really crazy when you look at how simple this game is right um there's also drones that you can get uh, that are defensive for your own ship that will hover around your ship and either... In my opinion, the only fucking useful one. Right. Yeah, it'll either... It can sometimes shoot down enemy drones. It can shoot down... Some of them can shoot down um, projectiles such as missiles or lasers or flak or asteroids if you're in an asteroid field, which we will get to. Um, there's also ones that can be directly on board your ship that are like little repair drones that can go repair systems so you don't have the anti-personnel drone which i'm pretty sure is worse than the one that you sent out like the the boarding drone i'm pretty sure the anti-personnel drone even though it says it has the same hp i'm pretty sure it's worse it doesn't last very long yeah it doesn't last very long which was disappointing to me um I like. I think the one that I liked having the most was the little repair drone, just because. Ah, oh, the whole repair. Yeah, just because it frees up your crew members. You know, if something does happen, I like that he'll just. Oh no, no, you're talking about the system repair drone. I'm sorry. I, no, I, the I, system repair. Yeah, where he'll just like <laughs> he just a little freaking looks like claptrap from. Uh, I love his hands. animation. How he's like bobbing along. He's like, yeah. Doo, doo, doo. The only thing I don't like about those things is they prioritize shit very dumb. Oh yeah, like, it's like whatever's cases, closest, right? It, it's actually not whatever's closest. They no. have they have like a triage that they do. They'll automatically fight fires first, which so if you have say your fucking engines are fucked and totally broken, but there's a fire in an empty room all the way across the ship, they'll go fight that fire first. Oh, before the one thing though, on the, engine, the one thing though that's good that I like is that they don't take any damage from fighting fires, so they that are is, like that is true. Like and they don't need oxygen either, so if they that go is, to do, oh, that is also true. If they go to repair a breach, they won't die. Most of your crew members will. Yeah, that is that is very true. They they are useful. It's just the way that I play. I usually have like a squad of guys that that's like their point. I always leave them in the med bay. It's like that's what they do is they go fix systems. Yeah, and that's I don't a good way I don't do take it. people off of my main system. Like I always leave people on engines, shields, piloting. You just leave those guys there, and then I, I like have a, a squad of roving people, which we'll get to in crew. But I almost always like to have like an NG and a human together, so they can repair stuff really fast. Right. Um, but sometimes it's not possible. Sometimes you literally have two crew members at the final fight, and you just gotta fucking figure it out. <laughs> um, your drones too. We should mention, um, similar to your weapons, you have to put, you have to invest power into the system. Different ships can have a different amount of drones active at one time. Um, right, like the weapons. Some can have three and some can have three. Right. Um, 
Yeah, and then so you have to be able to allot power. Say you have two different drones, each of which takes two power. You have to be able to allot four power to your drone system to run both drones at the same time. Yeah. Correct. Hmm. Anything else to mention about drones? No, I don't think so. I think, uh, at least as far as I understand, like, I like using drones. I like at least trying them out, but I think widely they are not very good, essentially. I, like, they have I their place. I feel like they're not make or break. Right, exactly. Like, so they're nice to have, but often I feel like you're not, unless it's a defense drone, you're, you're not going to be like, man, I only won that run because that fucking beam tree drone. Holy shit. Right. <laughs> very, very, very rarely will happen. Sure. But it can happen. So next, speaking of what about one of my systems I very underrated when I first started playing, but now I understand is probably like a paramount, like very good system, especially when fighting the flagship, is cloaking. So cloaking, what like what it seems like it does on the surface is not very useful. So you can cloak, your, your ship gains 60% dodge while you are cloaked, and the enemies cannot target any of your systems. When I was first using it, I would just cloak whenever I had it, right? Because they can't target you and their weapons are not actually actively charging up. But the more beneficial thing to do is cloak after their weapons have launched because they are almost guaranteed to miss. So if they, if they got like a missile coming in towards you and you cloak before that missile hits you, it's almost always going to miss you. And so it is extremely valuable to have like a panic button that you can hit if they have some nasty shit incoming. Especially or if you just for need the to buy shit. time. It, especially for the flagship which is that's what you're doing is you're building a run to beat the flagship like yeah. the incidental stuff along the way kind of matters but the hardest thing you're going to fight is always the flagship sure <clears throat> um i didn't use cloaking a whole lot um i tried it a couple times and i again i didn't ever get past that like oh use it in the beginning of the fight because then their weapons aren't charging like i didn't ever really experiment too much beyond that um but i I watched a few videos to, uh, you know, educate myself on the better ways to use it. So I do understand the concept better now. Yeah, clo cloaking super valuable. If you're if you're really having a hard time, cloaking is usually 150. Pick that shit up, leave it at one point. It's very very helpful, and I'll discuss it a little bit more too when we're coming into the flagship. Anything else to say about cloaking? It's a very simple system, but very, very influential, I think. Right. No, I think uh, that pretty much sums up cloaking. So next we'll get into a system that was added with the Enhanced Edition, hacking. Do you want to explain hacking? Uh, yeah, so hacking sends out a... It uses a drone part, and it actually sends a drone that you target on a system on the enemy's ship. Um, and when you send this drone out, it goes over and attaches to the enemy ship. It can be shot down by any sort of defense drones they have that will shoot down incoming projectiles. And can collide with incoming lasers and missiles. Right. But if it connects with the ship, it attaches itself. And say you connect to their shield system. Um, when you hit the button to use the hack, it hacks the system and essentially takes it offline, sort of like an ion would. It stuns the system. It locks the doors to the room, so the crew Which is members also underrated. I agree. Locking the doors is super, super important because yeah. sometimes you can you can like separate a ship where like say you're fucking up their weapons and you have their shields hacked and nobody can get back over to the weapons because they're all locked in the shield room. 
Right. Or if you start a fire in the room oh, and, or a fire, you, exactly. and you lock the room so those guys cannot escape, it has its uses. Um, again, I don't think, like, probably not a make or break for a run, but I did Hulk have a lot of fun pretty, using hacking. Pretty booty, dude. Like, especially in, like, the, fir the, the, the first and third phase of the flagship. Because the second phase, they have that that anti drone drone, which yeah. makes it almost impossible to land a land a hack. Right. But I, I think hacking, if you're if you have if you have very if you have a low damage run, hacking their shields is super super valuable. Just to kind of like open them up to like one salvo, and the, and then they're weaker from there, right? So you can kind of keep compounding. Yeah, hacking like, is I, super important. But not, I not, like, like hacking not a breaking. lot. Not like um, game breaking, but it's it's good. It's I, I I would say like if you can't have cloaking, hacking's pretty good too. Yeah, I I really liked using hacking, um, and the enemies will use it against you as well, which is a pain in the ass. Oh, um, sometimes they absolutely fuck you. Yeah, but um, yeah, I I liked it, and I don't. There's very few ships that start with hacking, so it's usually something you'll have to pick up on your own. Um, but yeah, I don't necessarily think that it's a make or break, like a have to get it type of thing. move on to mind control yeah which is also a thing that was added in enhanced edition and mind control is one of the few systems that you actually need to be able to see the enemy crew on their ship whether you have high enough sensors or uh or a slug crew member you could you have to be able to see their crew and you mind control them and they will attack whatever system of room that they're in or anybody that's in there and then as you level hacking up they get like a damage boost so they'll they'll deal more damage as they're mind controlled which they, mind control they'll also get a health boost as well that's right you, they'll get a health boost too. that's i couldn't remember if that was right but you're, you're definitely right about that they also get a little bit of a health boost too mind control is 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 useful but i i often find the use case of being able to see their ship kind of limiting because you have to kind of either upgrade your sensors which can just be lost scrap a lot of the time or or you or you are you already have slug people and it's not a big deal but like the use case for it is is not always super useful i mean you can if they board you you can hack their crew, the crew that bored you that's what i was gonna say yeah is that i i found myself using it more often defensively like if if you're in a mantis territory and you knew they were gonna board you then as soon as they board you just mind control the other guy and they fight each other essentially which was i found pretty useful it, it is it's it's it, when it's useful it's super useful but when you can't use it it's just like dead power yeah definitely a very situational like i don't think you can like build a run around mind control at all it is valuable if you have like a boarding party that you're using and you use mind control in conjunction with that okay, like it's sure. going to kind of juice both of them up to be a little right. bit like punch above their weight where they normally would so it, it is there are some cases where i feel like it's always useful like especially if you're running any of those mantis ships or like the crystal crystal b that like your your, your stock and trade is boarding it, it it goes well it goes really well with that sure Oh, I, I'm, I'm noticing too. I forgot some freaking systems on here. Do we want to talk about like Medley and Clone Bay real quick? Oh uh, yeah, sure. So I, I forgot to put them on here. Okay. So the Med Bay is it does kind of what we think. You put your characters in there as long as it's powered, they heal for a percentage. And each each upgrade you does 
like gets uh a, way better like it starts that they heal for one one time one x which i think is one percent of their max hp per second then it goes to 1.5 and then up to three and it, at three i'm pretty sure you can have one ng fighting three mantises in there and he won't die holy crap it heals wow. so fast yeah that's crazy then, do you want to talk about the clone bay <clears throat> yeah so the clone bay um you're Crew members cannot actively heal, and you can only have one or the other, right? You can't have a med bay. Yeah, you are not allowed bay. to have both. They are mutually exclusive, and I think they're the only thing like that. Right, so the difference is with a clone bay is if one of your characters dies while they're fighting, either on an enemy ship or on your own ship, they get or put into Or through a, an event. Or through an event, yeah. If they disappear during an event, actually, yeah, that's part of it as well. Um, they get put into a little queue, which the more you upgrade the clone bay the faster this queue goes down and as soon as the timer is up as long as the clone bay is active they respawn in the clone bay usually with uh it removes some of their experience from one of their um things that they're good at is all um so that's the kind of downside to it but the upside is that you very rarely lose crew members then to anything Oh, and that sound when you lose a crew member when it's unpowered is so horrifying, dude. Yeah. Like that, like, wee, wee. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, what have, I, what have I done? Right. Yeah, and that's the big downside to it is that if the, you know, say the clone bay takes a missile strike or if there's enemies in there attacking it actively and it's not fully powered, unless you have a specific upgrade on your ship, which you can get, but if you don't have this upgrade that stores their data, then they are they do die and they are lost. Yeah. And the clone bay also heals your crew from jump to jump. Because you don't have anywhere you can put them when you can heal them with the clone bay. Right. So it heals them each jump, it heals them a set value. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. No, that's all good. Uh, anything else to mention about the med bay and clone bay? Those are the only real ways to heal your crew. If, there are ships that don't have either. Yeah, and then there's also like the that NG ship where the med bay actively heals your crew members throughout the entire yeah, ship. The, yeah, which is so so good. That's one of the best upgrades I think you can get. It just makes it it makes dealing with your crew so much less of a pain in the ass. Because right. like if if you have the clone bay, sure, after like a fight, sure everybody's hurt, but you go to the next jump, they're probably gonna be healed the full. But like if you had like a really scrappy fight where you took a bunch of damage, you kind of just gotta do this freaking med bay conga line where you have like people waiting outside, yeah. and put <laughs> yeah. everybody in, and then like bring everybody into the med bay, keep going. Right. Um, and we should mention too that the med bay. I I prefer the med bay only because you can vent the whole ship other than the med bay when you're getting boarded to force boarders to fight you in the med bay like it gives you oh, a huge sure. advantage there because yeah. there are there are events where it's just like you just get boarded by eight guys and that's all that happens yeah. and sometimes like i've had clone bay runs where they're like immediately they're like oh well fuck your clone bay and they go in there and i can't stop them from destroying it right and then you're just kind of screwed yeah i would say that the med bay is probably overall better but i think the clone bay I, I has think they, its potential they both have their uses if, if you're doing like a very heavy boarding run i prefer the clone bay because if you fuck up like i always do and you have your borders on there and they're jacking them up and you land a bunch of missiles and kill your borders two at the same time right and like you or you destroy the ship and your borders are still on there they're dead 
experience. So like, I, I feel like it, if, especially if you're just trying to get into boarding, it makes that playstyle a lot easier because you're a lot less worried about your crew dying out, outright. Makes sense, yeah. You gotta do a lot less like med bay micro. Um, you know, talk about doors. This is getting into subsystems a little bit. Yeah, so these are systems. systems that don't actually have power that you allot to them. They are just as long as your ship is as long as they are repaired, they are operational. Right. So doors, which is like one of the main ways that you can interact with your ship, is you can open and close them. And as you upgrade them, they restrict who can go through them. So if you get if you have level one doors and get boarded they can go through your ship automatically. You, you can still open and close the doors, but they don't stop anybody. But as you get right. tier two doors, they have to actually break through them. So you can vent them and like wear them down as they break through the doors. Yeah. Um, and doors also, like you could upgrade them three times, but then you can also have a crew member manning it to give it a fourth level, which makes it like super blast doors, which is actually really good for stopping fires and stopping other boarders from getting through your ship. And I like the way that they visually indicate that they are upgraded, that they have more lines drawn through them. Yeah, so, so like, simple, yet so effective. And they have, they have like two lines, the, the, the tier threes have like five lines, and, yeah. the, and the, the blast doors is just a bunch of lines. Yeah. Super effective though, like visual indicator. Really yeah, like and you that. can you can tell by looking at an enemy ship what kind of doors they have. Yeah. Um, I've, I forgot to mention sensors on here. I talked about them a little bit, but sensors allow you to see rooms that people aren't in, like on your ship, so you're able to see like the whole layout. So you can see like fires and stuff if there's nobody in there. There are some ships that don't have any sensors. Sensors are kind of important. But as long as you're playing with audio, I feel like you can kind of tell, because this game is amazing with its audio design, that if there's a fire going, you can hear it crackling away. So right. even if, you, if your sensors are broken, you can kind of like pinpoint where that fire is just by moving your crew around. Yeah, although I've definitely had it happen where I finish a fight and I'm like, oh, I can hear a fire. And I walk into a room that literally has four squares of fire. Oh, and my yeah. crew member's like, oh, I can't handle it. <laughs> like, <laughs> Just open up all the doors and vent that shit. I know. Um, sensors also, when you get them upgraded high enough, which they are another one just like doors, you can upgrade them to three. Um, and then you can also put a crew member on them to man them to give them a fourth upgrade, which will, uh, at higher levels, it allows you to see on board the enemy ship as well. And then at the highest level, it allows you to see the enemy's uh, weapon charge rates also. Uh, yeah, I do. Which is useful, but the weapons also have like a visual indicator on the side of them that you can tell. Like if you play this game enough like me, you can just tell by looking at them. You're like, oh, that missile's going to fire here yep. in a couple seconds just because yep. of how the color is changing on the weapon itself. Yeah. Um, I feel like sensors are kind of like a noob trap. It's, yeah, they I sound agree. super, super useful, but like the more that you play, the less you kind of require them. Sure. I would agree with that. And the next system, which is not super important, but if you don't have it, you will lose, is oxygen. Yeah, so you have it, an O2. Go ahead. You have a uh, basically an oxygen um, machine on board your ship, which there's only one type of crew that doesn't require oxygen. Yeah, um, which we'll talk about next. Yeah, everybody else requires oxygen to breathe and survive in space. 
And if this gets damaged, then the oxygen level on your ship slowly starts to degrade. And the quicker you repair it, the faster the oxygen will recharge. The higher levels that your oxygen uh, machine is at, the faster it recharges oxygen throughout the ship. Uh, to the point where you can actually vent the ship and the levels won't drop drastically because your oxygen machine is creating the oxygen so fast. I'm pretty sure you, with tier three oxygen and a breach, it'll actually maintain enough oxygen that it's it's at an okay level to stand in that room with the breach. Yeah, which means your crew members can repair it and not be actively dying. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I don't know if I said this yet, but if when it comes to a breach, like if you damage the system, and there's a breach in that room, the breach has to be repaired first before they could work on the systems. Itself. Yeah, yeah, you did mention and that, but that isn't important. Oh, okay. uh, it is an important point though, because if a missile hits your your shield room and knocks out your shields as well as creating a breach, you're gonna have, you know, potentially up to 10 seconds or more that you don't have any shields Yeah, and you're like, please, come on, come yeah. on, come on. <laughs> um, uh, so I think that pretty much covers all the systems. I don't think we need I, it. Did you mention the crew teleporter? No, we did not mention the crew teleporter. Thank you. So the crew teleporter, I, I bet you can't guess what this does. <laughs> it teleports your crew onto the enemy ship. So you can, most of them are only two people. So you select a room and you teleport your two crew into that room on their ship. You don't have to have sensors in order for this to work because you're always able to have perfect, like perfect vision of their ship at all times. And you know what each room is. Right. So you can teleport them in there and they, they get in there and they fight like they do to you the, the your crew will fight them in there and the teleport back or the like the the amount of time it takes for that to recharge is based on its level so as you level it up it teleports people back and forth faster there are a couple ships that have four person teleporters which are really cool but we'll get into that here pretty quick yeah this wasn't something i actually messed around with very much in my time with the game um but i I do think this is like a strategy you can build a ship around and you win the game can. with it almost. You you definitely can and uh, and a boarding run is so much different than another run. Something we should mention is if you kill all the crew on an enemy ship, you get substantially more scrap. Yeah, because you essentially didn't destroy their ship, so you're you are earning a lot more by killing the crew, which you can do either through boarding or setting everything on fire or using you know anti personnel bombs, things like that. Yeah. So. And so when you're when you're boarding, it kind of changes the game. So like like the the big priority is like okay, do they have a med bay or do they have a clone bay? Disable that, and then and then like let my crew kind of fight it out. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I didn't get a whole lot of experience with this, but I tried to educate myself by watching other people do it so that I uh, didn't have to. Uh, Boarding like... is, that's like the highest attention play because you, you oh, got to be watching sure. your crew's health very, very closely. Right. And especially if you have like a med bay instead of a clone bay, like, okay, like how long can I leave them before I take them out of there? Like right at the last second, get them healed up. It, it, it changes the game and it, it, it kind of makes it, it not more fun, it's just different because you're not worried about destroying their ship, you're worried about destroying their crew, which it, it just, it, it's like a whole different game mode almost, it feels like to me. Which I think leads perfectly into our next topic, the crew that are available to you. So if you, if you just started playing this game for the first time, 
all you're really going to be familiar with are humans, which even the game says are boring. Humans are, they, their only specialty is that they take less experience to level up and everything, but they are pretty much base. They don't have any like special factors to them. They repair at normal speed. They put fires out at normal speed. They, they deal with uh, oxygen deprivation, like just like everybody else. They don't have they're, really anything special about them. They're sort of like a jack of all trades, but master of none, essentially, is how I see them. They are they ha are useful at everything, but they don't excel at anything. Oh, right, right. That is very true. Which is definitely not how all humans are. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> that um, is true. Then uh, the other race uh, is Rockmen, right? Yep. who are immune to fire so that's something they have going for them I, have, I love the way they put the fire out just by jumping on it they yeah. like have this cute little jump animation that they yeah, do which is hilarious um so this can be useful obviously for your ship but it can also be very difficult if you go into a rock zone where you're fighting mostly rockmen and you've like built this ship that's all about setting the enemy on fire you're like you're pretty much screwed because they are immune to it well, and you forgot to mention too that rockmen move at fifty percent movement speed. They're right. half as fast as humans do. They are very slow. They also humans have a base of one hundred health, and rockmen have a hundred and fifty health. Yeah, they have essentially like one point five times health. They have the most health in the game. Yeah. Uh, and then you want to talk about NG? Oh, yeah. yeah, the next crew, which are my favorite, are the NG. They're like a, a essentially like a like a bunch of nano machines assembled together into like a person and they are very useful because they repair at twice the rate but they 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 deal half the damage in combat this is kind of their downside right yeah but so if you I, get boarded NG you're in trouble valuable yeah, yeah i if think you get boarded, you're in trouble unless you vent them all and bring them into the med bay and it doesn't matter right i i like ng as well but that does make it I, difficult in a run if you do get boarded it, yeah, it, it can, but with as long as you got them doors level two, you're probably going to be okay. And I, I, I love, like I said earlier, I like to have like a repair crew of at least just one NG who can move around the ship and fix stuff on his own. It, it makes such a big difference. Somebody that repairs essentially as fast as two humans in one is it makes such a big difference for sure. Um, and I'm gonna I'll do this a little bit out of order from your notes, but I'll roll into the next race, which is the Mantis. Yeah, Which is, it doesn't make any sense. To have well, the Mantis, I only want to talk about them next because their big special abilities are that they have uh, 1.5 times damage in combat. So that's what I meant. If you get boarded by an in, a, uh, a Mantis and you have an NG, that Mantis is going to just wreck your NG because oh, they cannot yeah. hold a candle to the Mantis. Uh, the Mantis also move at 1.2 times speed throughout the ship, so they also fast. are fast. But if they're on your own ship, they have half the repair speed of systems. Oh, dude, it's fucking excruciating how yeah. slow they repair. For sure. Oh, my God, it's so bad. <laughs> I I like Mantis, and I usually like to have at least one just 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 in case some shit goes down on my fucking ship that he can, he can come in there and kind of bop some people around with his bug arms. But, yeah. like, having a lot of mantis, or, like, especially a whole ship of mantises, sucks dick. Oh, my God. Because, like, if, if you get shit broken, it is hard to repair anything. Yeah, you'll be sitting there 
if you win the fight, you'll be sitting there for a while waiting for your crew members to fully repair your ship. It, and I, I don't I don't know if you you probably haven't played enough another place, but like if you if you can tell what their crew on their ship are, a lot of the time like if you're like oh if you're just like hammering on their shields and you're like oh they only got four mantises I know they're not gonna fix that very soon I can start fucking up some other shit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure, you can use that to your advantage. Um. I'm gonna roll into the Zoltan, if that's okay. Yeah. So the Zoltan are another wraith. Oh, hang on. My kids just ran in here. Oh, that's okay. I, I can talk about the Zoltans. The yeah, Zoltans talk are about them. cool. They're like green, freaking Green Lantern looking motherfuckers. And they have 75, 75 HP. So they have a little bit. Oh, no. I, I think they take that back. I think it's 65 HP. They have a lot less HP. When they die, they explode and deal a bunch of damage to everybody in the room, friend or foe. It doesn't matter. But their special quality is they repair at normal speed, they walk at normal speed, and they fight at normal speed. But their special quality is any room that they are in, they add a power to that system, which is huge. It's effectively getting more power out of your ship than is possible. They are very, very useful in any, pretty much any situation. Like they, they're, you don't, you don't, you always want them. They are very, very valuable to have on any ship to have a Zoltan. They, yeah, they're super useful. I, I love having them on like my shields or anything like that, or like your weapons, your engine. I, I guess the only way they're not valuable is if you don't have if you put the if, if you don't have a room to put them in, which most of the time sometimes I'll just have them standing in there just for the free power, because it's it can it can make or break a lot of runs, like if because because we we forgot to mention that your ship has like a total maximum amount of power that cannot be exceeded. But with a Zoltan, you're essentially getting one extra power out of your system, which is super, super valuable. Sometimes I feel like it'll take you between, like from some thresholds. And they are cool too. Like if your med bay is powered down, you can just walk them in there and power it up for everybody that's in there. Yeah, super cool. Um, uh, yeah, they're, they're one of my favorite crew. Like between them and NG, they're, they're like, if I see them in a store, I almost always buy them. Yeah, I, I think for the, especially for the... Uh the extra power so like if you have a weapon that has only requires one power as long as he's standing in the room you always have a weapon online but they they can't make the the system exceed its maximum power though so like if you have eight power in that system and you put eight power in there and then put him in that room it can't go to nine right it doesn't work like that but they they add always just one power Talk about the slugs. Yeah, we can talk about the sluggy boys, which are essentially humans in every way, other than they can see, they can like telepathically see other crew. So you can see the enemy crew on the enemy ship. They like show up as little red dots. Not red dots. It's it, it actually shows what kind of person they are. So you can tell if they're human or mantis or rock or crystal or whatever. Right. You can tell by looking at them, and they are immune to mind control. Slugs. Yep. One slug is good, but two slugs, you don't get any extra benefit. Right, exactly. So, like, one, I like to have, like, one slug. It, it could be nice to know where, you know, where they have their crew, like, especially, like, if you did hammering on a room and you see a bunch of them go towards the med bay and you, like, oh, you know, like, oh, well, all those guys are hurt. I'm going to fuck, fuck up the med bay and probably kill some of them. Like, you, you can kind of know that. I mean, they're not, like, insanely valuable, but if I get one, I'm like, oh, nice. And they yeah. do they do enable like a mind control run, 
where you don't need good sensors if you have slug boys. Right, and I think this is something we'll talk about in a little bit, but the uh, I think slugs probably have the most blue options in the game. Like, they have a yeah, ton they, of they blue do. options. <clears throat> so it is good to have at least one. Uh, then uh, Lanius. Yeah, which are, they came with the Enhanced Edition. And they're kind of special. I'm trying, do they have more health? I'm trying to remember now. So it looks like they... They drain the oxygen from the room they're in. Yeah, they do. So it does make them... Yeah, it makes them difficult to have with other races. It's not impossible, but it does make it a little more difficult. Uh, They also take no damage from there being no oxygen. um, And then they have a reduced movement speed. And that's all I see the difference. They don't have any bonus to health. Doesn't look like it, no. Okay. Yeah, Laniuses are hard to make work. I mean, they're, they're useful but like you can't use them in conjunction with other people because they're gonna take all the air out of that room that they're in. Even if they're in there to like repair it for a couple seconds, like it happens very fast. Yeah, they remove the oxygen pretty quickly. Uh, I mean, I never really, they're hard to get anyway. You can only get them in abandoned sectors and they're kind of hard to come by. It's pretty, it's pretty rare to get just Alanius. I mean, there are a lot of ships that start with them. I mean, the only thing that I like to use them for is, like, they're pretty good firefighters because they naturally take the oxygen out of the room that they're in, out. And they, if you can assemble, like, two of them for, like, a boarding crew, they are some true cancer because you'll teleport them in and they'll remove all that oxygen in the room so they don't really want to fight you in there. And it, 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 that's, that's really useful. Like, they're, they're one of the better boarding races. Like, between them, Rock and uh, Mantis, they're, they're, they're pretty good. But they're not my favorite. Like you said, they're they're hard to make work. You can't put them on like a repair squad because usually I want to pair them up with somebody else and they can't be hanging out in the same place or they just lose all their life. They're yeah. situational at best. I would probably put them as like the lowest rated crew. Right. Um, and then, <clears throat> excuse me. They, uh, I noticed you don't have this in the notes, but there is... Um... Oh, the crystal guys? Crystal crystal crew members, yeah. I, I didn't have any experience with these at all, so... Yeah, the crystals are kind of like a, a mix between like a rock and kind of their own thing. They're one of the only characters that have a, an ability that you can use. So they get like an ability over their bar that you can activate called Lockdown, where they, they lock everybody out or in the room that they're in, which oh, wow. is super useful if you have a like a boarding crew. Because you can teleport into a room, lock it down, make sure and kill the guys that are in there. So, like, if, if you're coming into a situation where it's, like, two on four, right? They have four crew and you're and you're teleporting in two. You can make sure and separate one of them so you kill him off. And, it, it like, it, ma- it, makes, it makes boarding a lot simpler. And you can use it on your ship, too. Like, if you have, like, if, if you're in, like, the Kestrel ship where they have to get through the weapons to go to the engines... And they're they're trying to go through there. You could lock down the room so they can't go through there. It, it, cool. it it's something I wish they would do more of of like their crew having special abilities because it kind of changes the game in a huge way. And they also yeah. take reduced damage from no oxygen, and they have 125 HP, and they move at 75 percent speed. Right. Huh. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't do that with more more races where they have actual activatable abilities for each crew member. And I don't, I don't want to get into this too much because this is a whole different topic, but the modding scene for this game is unreal. Yeah. It's crazy. 
Yeah, not even that's not even something I played around with, but I did watch uh, a few neither, videos because I I just didn't want to get confused between the mods and this. Right. I watched a few videos though where essentially some of the people playing them were calling it FTL2 because it yeah. added so much stuff. So, there's and that's there one of the main are things a lot they of mods. play with is the crew abilities. It's oh, okay, like there are cool. lots and lots and lots of crew abilities. Oh, uh, I think that about does it for crew. Super super valuable having a big crew is always advantageous how many can you have eight i think so is are all the ships the same can you yeah. have eight on every ship okay yeah eight sounds correct to me so yeah you can never have more than eight i'm always rolling thick with crew i'm usually picking them up if i see them just because those emergency situations when you have five hands on deck instead of three and you're able to kind of multi-prong approach things make it a lot easier yeah, yeah. I, crew, I so super valuable. Pick up your crew, treat them nice, don't let them die like I always do. Yeah, well, and you want to get them early on too, because like we talked about earlier, they they level up in certain skills. So the sooner you can get somebody on your shields or your engine or your weapons, the the faster they will level up to max. Therefore, you know, getting a lot more benefit out of that system. Yeah, that is very very true. Okay, what's, okay. what's next here? Oh, uh, you ready to start talking about the ships? Uh, yeah. I mean, we could probably spend like an hour talking about these, but let's, uh, I think we could just give a general idea of each one, don't you think? Yeah, we'll just, we'll just talk about the bases. We won't even talk about the A, B, and C varieties. Right. So we'll the just, first ship you're, yeah. you're going to unlock that everybody starts with is the Kestrel, which is a super basic ship. It starts with three humans, and it also starts with... I mean, it's got your basic engines, weapons, shields, piloting, all that stuff. Pretty basic, but it starts with a burst laser Mark II and an Artemis, I think. Yeah, missile. And that's a, that's one of the unique ones that you actually cannot buy for one power. Uh, and isn't yeah. it? Doesn't it's um, laser Mark II? Is it like? Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't it better though than like one you would buy? Because doesn't it shoot I... three shots instead of only two? All burst laser Mark II shoot three. Oh okay. All right. Maybe That's... I was thinking of something else. It, 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 yeah, it goes. It goes burst laser one, which shoot two. Burst laser Mark II, which shoot three. And the burst laser Mark threes, which shoot five. Right. Okay. Um. Yeah. So, like I said, Kestrel is going to be the only ship you start with, also in the game. So you're going to have to get pretty familiar with this ship as you go because <laughs> yeah probably it's be playing an with embarrassingly it long time to get a freaking win with the kestrel i i don't know i don't know what it is about that ship i don't like it very much i feel like it's too big uh yeah it's too big and the airlocks are in awkward spots i agree um well yeah. let's probably enough about that well let's so <laughs> we'll just mention too that each one so <clears throat> you're gonna start with the kestrel layout a but there is layouts B and C for most ships, which all that does is <clears throat> it starts, the ship looks the same essentially, but the rooms might be in different locations and you're gonna start with a different, whether it's a different weapon, whether it's different crew members, whether it's different systems to begin with. So for each ship, there's also gonna be variants that you will unlock throughout the game and it might take a long time you might have to specifically dedicate a run to unlocking a layout oh, yeah you kind of have to yeah if you want a different layout for that ship so um, and the way to unlock the b type is to get two of the three achievements each ship each ship 
variety comes with three achievements. The way to get the C-type is to take the B-ship all the way to Sector 8, and Sector 8 is the flagship. Right. Um, yeah, so just know that, too. We're not going to go into super detail about each. each. Because yeah. I could spend hours being like, well, you see the B-type, <laughs> I like it a little bit better because it comes with a rock instead of a human here. Right. Like, I could spend hours doing that, and if you guys are interested in that, I would, I, I'll would. make a video by myself. I don't care. I was going to say. I just talk about the shits. Yeah, you could probably do an offshoot, like, you could probably do a podcast or a video series dedicated just to FTL because there's enough content here to cover you for several years of content. So Yeah, and this game slaps. Check it out. But anyway, <laughs> so next we'll move on to the NG ship, which I these are some of the ships I don't like because Ryan already mentioned they have the special caveat of only having three weapon slots, but right. they also have three drone slots. But so this NG ship, it has the NG A has two NGs, one human, and it starts with the Ion 2? Yep, Ion Blast 2, and then Combat Drone Mark 1, so... Right, and see, I immediately do not like the strategy this ship wants you to use of the drone being your only way to deal damage. Yeah. Because you can get so screwed sometimes, it's like, oh, I got the shields down, get them drone, and they're like, oh, sick, I shot the doors, is that what you wanted? And you're like, yeah. no! Now we're getting hit by missiles! God yeah. damn it, you piece of shit! <laughs> And the timing on this one is hard because you definitely have to do the coordination between the ion and the drone, which is kind of hard because the drone essentially fires sort of randomly and sporadically. Um, I've definitely had it line up before where my ion hits and then the shields come up and then the drone shoots and the, the drone's shield. like, don't worry, I got you. Yeah. And then <laughs> the ion no! comes in again and hits the shield immediately. Yeah, it's, it does make for a pretty difficult strategy. Even though this is the first ship I was actually able to beat the game with. Same here. Same here. We should mention, too, that this one has the NG medbot dispersal, so everybody's getting healed as long as your medbay is powered up and they don't have to be in there. It is at a hugely reduced rate, but it makes such a big difference. Yeah, and that NG medbot deal is we kind of didn't mention this but those are ship augmentations each ship can have three augmentations at a time and there is a vast list of them uh probably won't even yeah. be able to get into it because there is a lot of them tons of them and sometimes they don't do as much as you would hope right but so those, i would on? say i would just say that with the augmentations <clears throat> those are some of the systems in this game where some of them are very, very useful, and some of them are worthless, which yeah, surprises me that they did that. Well, they're... Oh, see, now you're going to be talking about this shit. They're, <laughs> they're all very, very, very situational. Like, sure. in certain situations, like, this augment is, like, the best thing you could want. But then sometimes in other ships, it doesn't do anything. It's totally useless. Right. They're, they're just super, super situational, and they're not really something you can plan for. Like, oh, I'm going to get this, and then I'm going to be good. It doesn't really work like that, because they, they're... You often get them randomly after completing an encounter. Be like, oh, you can... Here, take this. And you're like, oh, sick. The thing where I could... My FTL charges twice as fast. It's so useful. Right. When I'm trying to beat every ship, it doesn't really work that well. But they can be sold at stores, so They can be sold. That's, that is true. You can... Uh, we forgot to mention that you can sell stuff <clears throat> for half of its scrap value. Which a lot of the times, so if you're getting like dumpster weapons from a, a combat encounter, it's it's usually advantageous because you can turn around and sell that thing for like 35 scrap. Right. Um, yeah. So you want to move on to uh, the the Federation ship, Federation yeah, cruiser. Which, did you did you were you able to play with any of these? I I did unlock the Federation cruiser. This was one that I did have. 
so i i like the federation cruiser it starts with four crew which is really nice it starts with one human one manis one rock man and one ng which so is a I'll, good yeah which, which is we'll talk good, about after this uh, but that that helps a lot with a lot of the blue events yeah and it also starts with the burst laser mark ii and the federation ship like tagline if you had to say like this tips about like one thing they have this artillery beam which charges up on its own pierces all shields and does direct damage to the hull and systems and it fires on its own you, you can't draw it or anything like that it just charges up so it's kind of like a nice insurance policy like if the fight's going on too long usually this artillery means going to come in and clean up for you yeah which can be upgraded as well as manned to have it charge faster you can put a man on it i thought so am i just making that up maybe not i think, I think uh, you might be making that up but i don't i can't i am making never that up tried. I'm making that up. It can. Okay. It has four levels. That's why I was confused. You can upgrade oh, okay. it four times. It starts at 50 seconds, and I think goes all the way down to 20? 20 seconds at level four, yep. Which, the Federation ship, this, this is the ship I have my highest score with. This ship is like... I wish they gave, it, gave you this ship first, actually, because I think this is one of the easiest ships to win with. It's got a really nice layout. It's, it's very easy to manage your crew. It's not super long. Super looks good like, ship. Looks like a penis. It does look a little bit like a thinking. Sorry, I just had to say it. No, no, I, I, I hear you. Um, I like this ship, though. I didn't play too terribly many runs with it, but I did have... I pretty much was able to consistently make it to the end with this one, but I didn't have a whole lot of luck beating the flagship with this one. That's just because I'm not very good at the game, though. The Federation so. ship slaps. It's super good. But, and it so does... Next I was just going to say, it does not start with a, with any drones, but it is able to have four weapons from the beginning, which yeah. is very useful. Make a sick gunship. Yeah. And it starts with a burst laser mark too, which is just like, you're going to keep that thing until the end of the game. Yeah, 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 exactly. You can have it till the end of the game. So did you unlock any of the Zoltan ships? <laughs> no, I did not. Okay, so I'll, I can talk about this one. So the Zoltan ships are interesting because they come with Zoltan shield, which is an augment that the first five hits of damage that you would take in a run automatically hit this before they hit anything. So you're kind of protected against like the opening salvo of anybody's ships. The Lanius ships, um, the Zoltan ships, not Lanius, I'm sorry, those will be next. The, so this Zoltan ship starts with three Zoltans, so you get three extra power right there. But the bad side about that is this ship starts with super low power, and it's, it's not this one, but the, the, the next variant. It actually starts in in a section of power where to each each upgrade the reactor is actually 30 instead of 20 which is huge in the early game like that ends up costing you tons and tons of scrap but you are super defensive and you kind of just got to be tricky about like with how you what you upgrade and what you decide to upgrade and how you move your zoltans around and this one actually has a like a really great weapon combo it starts with the halberd beam which is an it it, it seems like you're like oh i got a beam i'm screwed no because the halberd beam does three damage per thing and each each layer of shields would take one damage away from that so if they have one layer of shields like they normally would it's going to deal two damage right away so this, the halberd beam is super super useful super good weapon the zoltan ships are some of my favorites that that zoltan shield just can't be beat it's very very strong they're they're good ships and I, I like the room out room layout. They have they have one of the rare rooms that has four airlocks on it, so you can vent the air very fast from one section of the ship, which is super beneficial. 
Uh, yeah, I was kind of, I was kind of bummed out that I didn't unlock this ship because I, uh, I wanted to play with it because I think it <clears throat> seems pretty cool, but I just, I, I didn't get good enough. It's not even get good enough. It is just like smashing your face into this into this space wall until you figure it out. Yeah. Plus, the I mean the layout A. You can change the name of your ships, by the way. But the you this can. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, you can rename what? them. Oh, you just blew my mind. Yeah, you can uh, you can change it, but this one starts with the name of the Adjudicator, which is amazing. Yeah, it's fucking badass. We have, I guess, we haven't been mentioning the the names. Uh, like I said, you could change them. <clears throat> I don't think it's necessarily like, you know, it's not gonna make or break it. So um, we're gonna keep going. This is not the order that you would have unlocked these ships by any means, but this is just the way that they appear on the the ship select screen. So we'll move to the Lanius cruisers next. Okay, which I did not unlock. Oh, that's okay, because these ships are kind of donkey ass. <laughs> so the Lanius cruisers, they're they're interesting. Like they they most of them come with because they're all uh, they're uh, adv advanced edition content, so they come with clone bays, both of them. And they this one actually comes with hacking, which is kind of nice. It actually it, it starts with hacking, so that is super useful. The crew, your starting crew is one human, two Laniuses. Which already right there, that kind of makes it tough. Because basically, the way I run this ship is I vent all the oxygen, other than other than where the uh, other than where the the pilot is. So I I vent all the oxygen and just leave the rest of the ship with no oxygen except for where the pilot is. Just just because the Laniuses are pain in the ass. Right, and they they don't have to have any freaking oxygen through the whole ship yeah. except for that one human crew member, right? Yeah, and a lot of the time, I don't know if you're looking at a picture of it, but like where yeah. that shield, the shield room is, that's where I'll keep my excess voice. Like, so I'll, I'll keep the the shield, the hacking, like that way I'll, with oxygen. Right. And then I'll just, the rest of the ship will have no oxygen in it. I've only done a couple runs with this, but I was able to win on my first try. Oh, wow. Th this one does start with a chain laser, which is kind of good because the chain laser, <laughs> as it shoots, it fires up faster the next time. Yeah, I like those ones, yeah. And it starts with the ion stunner, which which are good because it automatically stuns the people in that room. So it doesn't have like a bad weapon set. It's just it's kind of the the crew situation is just kind of clunky for right. me. It looks super cool though the ship. Itself. It is the the, <laughs> the 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 bee. If you if you look at the bee variety, it is one of the sickest ships in the game. Uh, oh yeah, I like that. I'm looking at it right now. That is pretty cool. Super sick. But okay, we'll keep going. So next, we will move to the Mantis Cruiser. Which I also did not unlock. I <laughs> love these ships because this is this is where boarding is your lock, stock, and trade. And it is super, super fun. So this this man, this man this ship starts with three Mantis, one NG. Uh, uh, see, already there, I feel like they're tricking you because they should have started you with one more Mantis instead. Because you got to pull somebody off of the system here. Oh, sure, yeah. Because you, you always want to be boarding with at least two people. And the one thing I love about this ship is the med bay is like right by the teleporter. So they don't have a long walk. And this also has Mantis pheromones, which increases all movement speed by 25%, I want to say. Oh, wow. Maybe so it makes them super fast. Yeah, your, your, your Mantis is essentially just like teleport across the ship. They're nice. super, super fast. But it is a little lacking on the weapons. So it just has a basic laser, which is like the pew. <laughs> 
right. and a small bomb. But the small bomb is useful because you can use that bomb no matter how much shields they have to take out either their med bay or clone bay. And then from there, they're kind of like easy pickings with your teleporting your crew on, on there and dealing with them. Right. Uh, and the ship yeah, looks pretty cool. cool. Looks like a mantis. It does look, it does look cool. The, the B variety is super sick. The, the B variety, too, just, just to mention, it's one of the only ships in the game that has a four-person crew teleporter. So if you're, if you're boarding somebody with four mantises, they're pretty much fucked. Yeah, There's that's not a lot super they can strong. Do about it. Yeah, that is. But we won't spend time talking about that as much as I want to. Okay. Next. The slug cruisers. Oh, renowned as being some of the worst ships in the game. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, the first slug ship, which I, I know you said you could change the names, but I love that, that it's called the Man of War because yeah, it looks like cool. a jellyfish. Yeah, it's awesome. But oh, this ship can fucking lick my bridge. It is so <laughs> bad. So this ship starts with two slugs. So that's that's not that big of a deal. You know, two slugs is pretty good. But once you get to the weapons, that's where I'm like starting to kind of scratch my head. So it starts with the anti-bio beam, the breach bomb, and the dual laser. Dual laser is not bad. You know, it shoots two laser beams. Breach bomb causes a little breach. But what this ship wants you to do is to use the anti-bio beam to kill the enemy crew, which is just so fiddly. Like, if they're not standing together, it's hard to get off a good beam. Right. And you have a hard time, like, really engaging with these ships. Like, if, if you're struggling with the, the slug ships, I recommend first store you see... Selling that anti-bio beam, even if they don't have weapons, just sell that thing to get yourself some more scrap and hope that you can find a decent weapon by the end of Sector 1 or you're going to be screwed. One thing I do love about the slug ships, though, is they have probably the best augment in the game, which is called Slug Repair Gel, which automatically fixes breaches, which is so, so useful because then like the breaches are fixed automatically. You don't even need to worry about them. And, yeah, and, and cool. it, it fixes, it'll fix them. Like if you have guys working on them, it'll fix them like almost instantaneously. They're super useful, but they are like widely renowned as some of the hardest ships in the game. Not recommended for noobs. Yeah, which it was another one I didn't even unlock because it's it takes quite a bit to unlock that one. So, so we'll <clears> move <throat> on to the next ship, which is I also find super, super hard. The, the Rock A, which is called the Bulwark, which is badass. I did unlock this one and I actually oh, you did. You got I I actually enjoyed this one. Really? Yeah. Okay. You'll have to elaborate because I fucking hate <clears> this ship. I just I just found it like at least in the early game because you just start with two missiles and three rockmen, which they're obviously strong, and you're pretty much impervious to damage because they have the rock plating, which can basically negate a lot of damage that you might take from it's missiles or anything. It's damage to reduce whole damage, but <clears throat> the system will still take damage. Right. But some, like, there's a lot of times where, you know, a missile or a laser will hit you and it'll just say no damage. Resist. Like, yeah, resist, which is awesome to me. My favorite is when they open up like a big fatty beam on you and it's like, resist, 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 yeah. resist against every room. And you're like, take that. Yeah. Um, and I just found in the early game, because obviously early on like if you're using lasers most ships have at least one shield early on so this ship with missiles only you pretty much can decimate other ships within like two two shots essentially here are my problems with this ship the missiles that they give you are slow as fuck they, they yep. charge super super slow sure and you are essentially on a timer to get new weapons 
because you can only get in so many fights with these yep. missiles before you run out. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. Um, like I said, it's good in like the first two sectors, but if you don't find any but other weapons if, after that- If you that, don't have any other weapons, like I've gotten into situations where I have no missiles and just have to run. Yeah. Because I mean, you have no choice. Right. Yeah, that can And happen. one thing I hate about this ship too is rock men are so fucking slow and this yeah. ship is huge. It's yep. so big. Like to bring somebody from your shields into your med bay takes like seven seconds, and that's so long. <laughs> right. It doesn't. I know you're like, ooh, seven seconds. Fucking this guy can't deal with shit. But like that matters so much. I yeah. I do love the airlock system, how they're basically on both sides, and you can you can kind of airlock each room individually. I like that. But just the rockmen are so slow, and like I didn't really notice how slow they were until I played this ship. When it's like you have an emergency on the other side of the ship, and they're like, "We're gonna get there!" Like, oh my god, the fire is everywhere! Like, I don't care if you guys are immune; everything's on fire. Right. Yeah, because if stuff stays on fire too long, you start taking hull damage from it too. So, and it'll do that in rooms that are without systems in them too. Yeah. So fire will just deal damage to you, decimate your ship. Yeah. Okay, so the next ship that we'll talk about is the Stealth Cruiser. Which, which I also is, unlocked. Which is the only ship that starts with no shields, which is super, super lame. does start with cloaking, though, so you just kind of get got to get good at dodging the shit. And its starting weapons seem like they're trash, but I think they're actually pretty good. The Stealth Cruiser also only has three slots for weapons, which kind of makes it hard. But it does start with a mini beam and a dual laser, both only taking one power, which you cannot find those in the wild. They only start with this ship, which are kind of good. Yeah. Okay. That maybe that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Is that they have certain variants that can only be found on the starting ship. Yeah. And it starts with three humans. This ship, you really got to know what you're doing. Like I was saying earlier, you got to be using that cloak and to dodge shit. There's really no way around it. And you have to get shields as soon as you can, or you're screwed. Right. And it has a couple augments. It starts with where like the oh, yeah, systems have the titanium system casing, so they have a 15% chance to negate the damage to the system, but not to but the, the hole. But the hole takes damage, yeah. Right. And it also has, it starts with long-range scanners, which is good because that allows you to see potential events and uh, if there's a ship or things in the next sectors you'll jump to. Or not sectors, which does, but the next it location. It does lead to like this bird of prey play style of like, oh, okay, I know I'm going to get into fights. So you're getting a lot more scrap and you're not sure. getting a lot of empty jumps, yeah. which is nice. But if you can't get those shields, you're screwed. Yeah, exactly. I could never get off the ground hardly with this ship because I just uh, see. I wasn't ended very up good with it. loving the stealth ship. The stealth beam is even better because it starts with the glaive beam. It's it's pretty good. But we'll move on to the next special ship that I just recently unlocked after probably forty hours of trying the crystal ship, <laughs> which is starts with crystal crew, which is super super nice. You have two humans, two crystal, which are super super nice. And it also starts with unique weapons, which is the Crystal Burst Mark I. So it shoots two crystals, which pierce one layer of shields. So oh, if they dang. have one layer of shields, it'll go right through. Wow. And then the Heavy Crystal Mark I, which is essentially a heavy laser, except for same thing, it'll pierce the shields. Very, very useful. You're not going to get them if you play with outside of this, though, so don't even worry about it. And this, yeah, this is like the long con to get this because it's like a special event right in the game to even unlock this yes ship. like like i mentioned earlier you can either unlock it by beating every ship a and b variety which takes fucking forever i might add right or there is a special event i'll, I'll i know i know we're trying to wrap this up but I'll, i'm gonna go ahead and explain it so there is a cryopod that you can find 
you collect it. You have to participate in a study to open the cryopod, releasing the crystal man that's inside. He becomes part of your crew. Then you have to go to the rock home world if you have that guy in your crew, and it'll automatically take you to the crystal sector, which I have done, but I've only been able to do it with the crystal ship, which meant I already had crystal crew. Which, which you do get like a cool crystal sector, which has its own music, its own events, and all this stuff, but it's super rare to go there. It's like next to impossible to accomplish. Well, we should mention too that even is it possible to have that event where you find the cryopod, but not even have the rock home world option on yes. your? Yes, yeah, I've, so, I've had it happen many, many, many times. <clears throat> right. So the the randomness of the game can also lead you to not even be able to accomplish this in that way. So which is fine because it's a roguelike. So you're not guaranteed anything in a run. Yeah, very, very true. And there is a huge like if you're like, man, I can't unlock the crystal ship. Just like Google, how to unlock the crystal ship. This guy has a really nice on Reddit. He posted. I'm sorry, I don't know his name, but he posted like a long thing of like what what like what by what sector you need to be hitting these markers by and if you're not hitting them you might as well start over interesting yeah thank god for people i i followed that still had to freaking brute force it and just beat it beat every ab's variety to unlock the crystal oh man that's hardcore (laughs) and the crystal ship we should also mention that it has a ship augment which is borderline useless but it's still kind of cool it's called crystal vengeance when your hole takes damage there's a 10 percent chance that you will fire off a crystal that'll fire at the enemy ship, but it, it pierces one layer of shields, but most of the time you're not, you can't plan around that shit. It's not that useful. Interesting. So yeah, so that's pretty much all the A type ships. I would love to talk more about it, but sorry to get kind of long here. So um, as, go ahead. Oh, I just was gonna say, yeah, so we should just mention too that we, we kind of mentioned this earlier that when you jump, from location to location, you might get in a fight with another ship or you're going to get an event where you can either fight the enemy ship. Maybe you have to send a crew member over there. Maybe you have to, there's a lot, a ton of events that can happen in this game in any one scenario. Um, But there are also events that are called blue events where you actually have to have a crew member of a specific race to even be able to do it. Um, so if you don't have an NG crew member, something might come up that you can't actually do the blue event for because you don't have an NG crew member or et cetera, and any crew member. To, to correct you a little bit, it, it not always is necessarily crew. Sometimes it's weapons or Oh, sure. Yeah, that is a good Sometimes point. Sometimes if you yeah. have like cloaking or mind control or hacking, there are certain things that you can do in those events as well. Right, which is crazy. Again, looks shallow on the surface but is an incredibly deep game in the long run and and we should also mention too all the outcomes from blue options are good because there are some there are some options there are some events that are a dice roll whether you pick yes or no there are bad things that can happen on either side of that coin sure but the blue option is always advantageous there's not there are there are none that are truly bad there's one ng1 where you're like oh i'm gonna send my ng over there and he disappears and you're like fuck but don't worry he comes back as a better ng it's cool yeah which is those kind of things are very cool and that makes it more advantageous to have different races of crew members that way you can experience more of those events should they arise 
Yeah, and and you you really want to be getting these blue options. There, a lot of the time, it's like you get you'll get a weapon along with some scrap, or you'll get like a subsystem. A, a lot of them are like special things that you can only get through those events too. Like there are special events where you can get rock plating for your your kestrel, or you can get like the titanium casting for your for your other ships, like stuff like that. Or you can get right. mantis pheromones or that ng medbot dispersal. Like you can get those in other ships too. Yeah. Oh, you ready to talk about the main event? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about the, uh, if you should make it all the way to sector eight and you have to fight the rebel flagship. Yes. So when you come into this final sector, the music here is some of my favorite in the game too. It is so, so good. It always gets me so hyped and there is so much tension that happens here at this final sector. No matter how many times I play it, my heart is always racing. So the first thing that's going to happen is you encounter the Federation and you, you talk to them and you're like, hey, I know how to beat the flagship. If we beat the flagship, we'll destroy all the things. And so they, they give you 10 fuel and they, 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 they chart the sector for you, showing three repair points that you can go to to give you extra scrap and will repair your hull for free. These can be in horrible spots that are totally useless and you can't get to at all. I kind of wish this was a little better planned out because sometimes like all three of them will be right next to each other and you can just kind of hoover them up right at the beginning and get a bunch of extra scrap. Sometimes you can't use them at all. Sometimes they're like right by the base. So you can like fight the flagship first phase, jump out and heal because this final fight is a marathon and those repair spots will go away. The sector is like closing in in a circle from all directions like as the, Re the rebels approach. Yeah. And so like each 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 zone is getting kind of cordoned off to you each jump that you make. But what you're trying to do is make it to the Federation base. If you if you make it there before the flagship, you're good. If the flagship makes it there before you, they have if they have three un, un turns unoccupied, like if you're not fighting them, they'll destroy the base and you lose. But that's not going to happen. You're not a scrub. I've never had that happen to me. But what's going to happen is you're going to encounter the rebel flagship, which Oh man, I, I I love that it is the same every time, but the first couple times you encounter this guy and when it surprises you, it is gonna obliterate you. Yeah. Yeah, so because the, it's the main, a it's just an incredibly up to this point, you haven't seen anything like this throughout the whole game. No, no matter what type like of it. ship, nothing, you you won't see something it like it. It is huge. It has four layers of shields four individual rooms for its weapons, which in this first phase, it has a triple ion, a triple laser, a triple missile, which is the most dangerous one and you always need to be worried about, and a yeah. huge heavy laser. Yep. And this this first phase, when the, when the ship is fully operational, it starts with hacking and cloaking. So those are like the two main things that it has. And it's always gonna start the fight by cloaking. It's gonna cloak right away which means your weapons will not charge to lock onto it. And depending on what they hack, I'll jump away. Because if they if they hack either your oxygen, your shields, or your oh, weapons... That's, that's a good point. I See, me, Scrub, never even really thought about that as an option. <laughs> oh, I've lost before. They hack your oxygen, and, and it, yeah. in one loop of hacking, it'll hack your oxygen down to zero. Yeah, I, yeah that's a good point. See? See, that's stuff I didn't even know, and that's a great point. But yeah, I, I always forget that you can run away and regroup and come back. Yeah, it, it, depending on what gets hacked, I'll often jump away in the beginning. 
uh, but like one way around that hacking is if you upgrade your oxygen to level two, and when they're done hacking, you uh, you you pump it up. It'll 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 do just enough oxygen that you'll it'll fix it so where they where they hack it again, it won't matter. Right. So my main strategy for fighting the flagship is always because you get, they have those four shields and they have I think they have twelve or thirteen crew, not not uh, counting the guys that are in each of the weapons. So they're they're going to be able to repair things like super super fast. So I always hammer on the shields until I get them down and then try and disable that missile launcher because if you don't have like a like a defense drone one or two or cloaking those missiles are what's going to wreck you because I'm pretty sure they deal three damage a hit. So all three of them that's nine nine HP right there. That's going to take about a quarter of your health right there if all three of those are hit, hitting you. Luckily you probably have about 50 dodge chance so more than likely two of them are missing you. Yeah, but that, that's it, but often it, it how just, I approach the fight. Yeah, there's there's been a few times where that initial like salvo of missiles pretty much just beats me. Like yeah. immediately I'm like, well, it hits my shields, it hits my engine and it hits like my freaking my weapons and I'm like, well, I'm just a sitting duck basically. <laughs> Yeah, and like uh, this game is really snowbally too. Like once you get weakened, you're likely to get weakened again and again and again yeah. and again. So assuming everything goes right, you fuck them up in the first phase, and we move on to the second phase, which I find to be the hardest phase. This is like I call this one droney boys. This is this yeah. is drone phase two. Right. So they have tons of drones that they're going to use on you. Luckily, they don't have cloaking though, so they can't hide. They also will send a, a freaking boarding drone at you, which is, can be super fucking annoying because it'll land and immediately cause a breach. So even fighting him in the room that he lands in is not advantageous because you're dying to the loss of oxygen. And th this is also where they introduce the power surge concept where it'll tell you like power surge incoming. And when that happens, it releases probably what, like, 30 beam drones i think it's, it's ridiculous. so many yeah it's a ton and i thought that i could circumvent this when i had <clears throat> i had hacking so i hacked their drone center even if you hack right after that happens it does not stop all of those from activating i, I think they're unrelated to anything i think they just happen yeah and that makes it it's a little bit of like one thing i liked about this game all the way up to the final fight is that all the other ships follow the same rules as you until this final fight. It doesn't follow yeah, any the, of the rules that the you follow. The flagship pulls out all the stops. It is a yeah. cheating piece of shit. Yeah. But I cheat too. <laughs> but um, this is also, like, if you have cloaking at this point and you see that power surge incoming and you have level 3 cloaking, just cloak and wait it out. Even if your weapons are fully charged, just let that drone face end and then open back up on them. Right. I'm trying to think, is there anything else special that happens here? They do have a defense drone one, which if you're running a lot of missiles can make this phase like next to impossible to land anything. It's yeah. so annoying. And they have an anti-drone drone, so you can't yep. really use drones either. Like right. I just find this phase to be so hard. Yeah, I agree. This phase is incredibly hard. And we should mention too, as you weaken the flagship, it loses a, a main weapon. So after that first phase, it loses all of its ions. So it can't use the ions in the next phase. It actually breaks away from the ship. Yeah. So, assuming all went correctly, which it doesn't always, you beat the second phase, which it, it lost its heavy laser. And now you're coming up on the final phase, baby. Which this ship, this final phase, is also a pain in the ass because they have a, like, double-thick 
Zoltan shield up that right. I'm pretty sure blocks 15 points of damage it's before you can even yeah. start to hurt them. But, oh, oh, don't worry. They're also going to be using more powerful mind control than you have access to on your crew. And they're going to be, if if you haven't been, like, completely jacking up their shields, like, what well, like I always do is, because you hammer on the shields, you're killing the crew that are in there, usually. So they usually don't have a ton of crew to send, but they can send a bunch of crew teleporter guys to you, and they, they will send up to eight people on your ship. I've had that happen before. Yeah, which, which is, is insane. Nutty, dude. It's almost impossible to deal with. You have somebody mind controlled. Like a lot of the time, if you don't have a lot of extra crew, this phase can just lose you the game. Not even necessarily because you're getting hit by their weapons, just because all of your crew are dead. Right. <clears throat> yeah, and doesn't this one also do the? Is it this one that does the surge where it like just shoots all the little yeah, lasers at once? A, it, it shoots a bunch of heavy lasers. They deal two damage to you if they hit you. Which even if you have four shields you're taking damage oh it'll it'll chunk yeah. you every time I, yeah. there's the, the few times i've almost had a hitless run this is where i get hit right here yeah is this fucking bullshit and that power surge we should mention if if their zoltan shield is down for too long instead of shooting the laser beams at you it'll just rearm that zoltan shield right. which totally can screw you if you're so close to killing them yeah yeah it's definitely uh, a point of attrition at the very end which yeah it it wasn't really preparing you for all game so that's where i i think it's obviously it's not impossible but like the first time through when you encounter this ship you're just like what the hell is this this is not it doesn't play by any of the rules that i had to play by all game i remember getting excited i beat the first phase and it was like flagship just flew away and i was like wait a minute well, yeah you're like going? what right yeah, three times, like I said, definitely attrition and in the most difficult way possible because you might not get to repair your ship in between fights. And oh, very rarely. I don't count on that at all. Um, I uh, They get to, but they're getting weaker each phase. Sure. Well, kind of. It's mostly just changing its strategy, I feel like, each phase. <laughs> well, the, uh, you're right. It is, it is changing its strategy, but like their offensive options are a lot less yeah I, I mean the missile launcher is is that's that's what you're worried about is you're worried about that triple missile launcher every single time you need to come in with a plan either to crew teleport people in there to wreck it immediately or to negate the damage with cloaking or negate the damage with really high engines or negate the damage with defense drone ones like you have to have one of those pretty right. much like or or you're screwed because that that missile launcher is is the bane of my existence. It, the the flagship could literally just be the missile launcher floating there, and I probably still lose. Yeah, yeah. I put this in my notes too that uh, like even on the easiest difficulty, this thing it can just overwhelm you in the first phase. Well, I mean, do you, do you know what easy does? No, it just gives you fifteen percent more scrap. That's the only difference. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, it's it's, it's not turning down the enemies or anything like that. It it is just giving you more scrap. That's huh. it. Interesting. So I wouldn't even say easy is easy. Easy is like mm, normal light. Like it's yeah. it's barely easier. Interesting. So with that, assuming all went right, you defeated the flagship. You get a nice little jingle. And you did it, and it'll give you your score of like what you did, and like I love some of the highlights. 
of like, oh, dude, you had a crew been repaired 57 times on this one. Right. Yeah, that's you had, pretty cool. You had a crew defeat 57 opponents in combat. You had this guy shoot 500 weapon volleys. Like, it's, yeah. I, I love that stuff. I do and like your, the little stats it tracks. Yeah, that's cool. I think your score is based on the amount of scrap you earned, the amount of points you jumped to, and the amount of hull damage you sustained. I don't, I don't know the number, but like my highest score was like 4,800. It's like the, the highest I got. Uh-huh. And that, that was with the Osprey. Right. Which you, we should mention, you always get a score. Even if you lose halfway through yeah. the game, it's going to score you either way. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Anything else? I, I don't have anything else. Um, I mean, I know we've probably been talking for almost two hours now on this. Have we really? That one went by so fast. I, there is so much more I could say too. I was going to say, like I said, you could probably dedicate a show or a podcast to this game because it's it is deep enough for that because it's different every time there's so many random things that can happen that it's we could do a faster than light side chat yeah <laughs> right <laughs> no kidding um but yeah i uh i think i'm good on this game um highly recommended for me if you guys can't tell super excited love this game had a great time playing it I talking about it just makes me want to play it some more. Honestly, this this game is super amazing. If you love roguelites and haven't played this, what are you doing with your life? Yeah, I would just play it. I mean, I would say that too. And uh, again, too, the fact that there's a huge modding community around it just makes it pretty much, you know, you can play it forever basically, and yeah. not you know not have the same game twice, which is awesome. Oh. If you love this game too, check out Into the Breach. I don't think it's near as good, but almost every everything I've read online, people think I'm stupid. So, but that game is also pretty good. Um, Subset games these these two dudes just knock it out of the park every time. They know what they're doing. They make pretty good shit. Yeah, and this um, Ben Prunty, I think is how you say his name, that does the the music. Also check his workout. I will be trying to edit a lot of the stuff in as we go through this episode. So I'm sure you'll hear a lot of the music while we are talking. Yeah, um, dude, the music, the music is just like banger after banger after banger. There's not a song in, in this in this game that's not good and doesn't fit the sector. Yeah. Yeah, he does an incredible job. So definitely check out his work as well. Um so yeah, with that, uh, this is kind of our first, uh, like we said, foray into our Brothers in Arms series. So we'll be trying to cover more games in the future. Uh, do we know what we're going to do next, Bo? Uh, I mean, we do. I, I guess we hadn't like fully decided, but I, I thought we were going to do Metro Exodus next. Yeah, I think we're going to cover Metro Which, Exodus. Which, what a switch up from like a freaking game from like 2012 <laughs> to this. Keep yeah. everybody on their toes. Well, that's just it. We... Uh, you know, we're not really going to commit to like a genre or style for this. We're just basically going to cover games that we want to cover. And again, it's going to be spoiler heavy and stuff like that. So if um, a game pops up in the list that you're like, oh, I really want to play that game, but you don't want to be spoiled on it, then play it first. Skip the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Play it first, then come listen to us because we're just going to spoil a lot of it. So (laughs) yeah. Uh, I like to imagine the one guy who's like, what? They spoiled FTL. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, we did. <laughs> Even though we can't really spoil it because everything you do is going to be different than what we experienced. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. So, yeah. But yeah. 
I, uh, I think you got anything else on this one? No, I'm good. I've rambled on for long enough. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we will catch you guys in the next one.